What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, Jimmy J, James Jackson, joined by my guys, Kyle Searick, Jake Galley. No stat Matt Robinson, but that's okay because we keep it moving. But but my guys, it's, it's been, we had to take a week off and, you know, we're, now we are back and it's all about the playing tournament, man. That's that's what everybody's talking about. And some, some teams that we thought we were going to see there and then some teams at the beginning of the season, we were mad shocked. To see there, but it's it's the full scope uh, of the playing tournament is what we're going to get into, and that leads us right to that fact straight at you. The Celtics have been a top four seed in the Eastern Conference every season since Jalen Brown has been with the team. They are now fighting to even make the playoffs, and they don't even have him to do that as well. So that just kind of sets the context of this shocking kind of playing tournament that is new to the NBA this year, and it's got a lot of things topsy turvy. So. We're going we're to break down both of them, break down the Eastern Conference playing tournament, break down the Western Conference tournament, and see where that leads us. And, and right now, the Eastern Conference playing tournament, like like Kyle said, even before we came on, is pretty much set right now. And as of now, it'll be the Celtics at the 7th seed versus the Hornets, who are at the 8th seed right now. So Kyle, break that down for us. Give us the facts of the Eastern Conference playing tournament, because it's, it's crazy right now. Yeah, I mean, the facts here really lie in the fact, as you said, Jalen Brown's not here. It changes the whole dynamic of how this game plays out. Boston's coming in, losers of four straight. And in Jalen Brown's absence this year, how it's affected the Celtics has been pretty significant. So that's 12 games total. Their perimeter defense has been horrible. Uh, opponents are shooting 38%. That ranks seventh in the league. And the perimeter offense is horrible, shooting 34% from three themselves, only beating out the Rockets, Thunders, and the Cavs who, by the way, are the worst team in the league, the third worst team in the league, and the fifth worst team in the league. So that's kind of it right there with Jalen Brown off the floor. There's 19 more shots to go around every night. Jason Tatum only ups his shots by about one shot and a half. So 17 and a half shots have to go with players that, to put it simply, are worse than Jalen Brown. And that's tough for the Celtics to make up. Jake, you got a big-ass smile on your face. You're absolutely loving this every second about it. I'm soaking it in. This is the best... <laughs> This, this is what I've been, like, I, obviously, Sixers winning the title would be the ultimate, you know, <laughs> top of the mountain achievement for me. Like, like the next peak down is watching petty. the Celtics crash and burn. Like, That's I'll be watching petty, that though. as intently as I will be the Sixers playoff game. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. This is perfect. It's amazing. I, re I remember when, what was it, the, the FIBA World Cup or the FIBA Championship was at 20, 2019 or 2020, and it was all the Celtics that were the only people in there, and we were losing, we were struggling. And I remember I tweeted at <laughs> I tweeted at Jake, and I was like, I you know the Dwayne Wade meme where he's like, I'm, I'm loving it. I was like, I know this is exactly Jake Galley right now watching this FIBA Championship. He I was forgot like, about that. <laughs> he was like, he was like, exactly. But they, they've been shaky all season, and it's funny because, what, a month ago? We were talking about how the Celtics were the best team of, of March or April. Like they, they went on this crazy winning streak and now it's falling back down to earth. And all the signs point to it's because Jalen Brown isn't there. Is that is it simple as that? Is that the fact of the matter is Jalen Brown's not there and the Celtics are on a tailspin? Personally, I, I think it's deeper than that. Like, in my opinion, they're they're really missing that high level play from a distributor and a playmaker. Uh, which is supposed to be Kemba Walker, but he hasn't played very well. And then you have a bunch of guys who are going ISO. I mean, you have Jalen Brown, ISO player. Tatum's an ISO player. Uh, and, and beyond that, you look back the entire year, they have not played a single game with their top seven players. Mm -hmm. Not one game. So Wild. you mix in the injury luck with 
just the fact that they're having a down year. Their team isn't exactly built as strong as it has been the past years. That's, I think it's kind of like a culmination of things that have led them to this point. Yeah, I definitely think, as you said, they're just having a down year, right? We saw the Celtics get off to a slow start, barely even make it into... I don't even think they were in a playoff seed until like a couple months ago, right? right. And as you said with the facts right at you, the Celtics are normally pretty dominant in the Eastern Conference, but the injuries just going into the playoffs, that, that just takes them out of any contention of anything. I can't see the Celtics and... I'm not even sure if they win this game against the Hornets, if that's how it plays out. I don't know. All, all, all the right one, that, that's the, the statement that needs to be made, is if the game was played tomorrow, I'm taking the Hornets. Like I'm, I'm just more confident that the Hornets win that basketball game. But I say all signs point to, to Jalen Brown not being there because this season, Jalen Brown took a leap, but he was the only person on the Celtics to take a big leap yep. forward. Like yep. we saw Jason Tatum in the bubble go stupid, right? And we're thinking that it's going to carry over into this season, and it and it didn't. Like he had the the normal Jason Tatum start, and now he's just really plateaued and is just like an every, an every night player, a 24, 25 per game score, which is in this NBA, it's cool. Like you you get buckets, but that that's not going to move your your team forward. Kemba Walker and take a step up. Marcus Smart's not that offensive threat that we that 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 can really help and carry a team forward. So there's no next bucket getter and like coincidence that's all gone downhill since Daniel Tice got traded. I, 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 co- co- I don't know. Nah, it's a complete joke. Y'all are taking that way too seriously. Uh, look, they're miss like <laughs> no like part I mean, of that. They have no big men. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Tristan Tom. <laughs> Come on, you said that last time too. I know. <laughs> You got to think, though, about like what, like think about the the good Celtics teams you had um, in the playoffs. I mean, it was Terry Rozier the first year where they they went to the um, conference finals and then Kyrie Irving as well. And Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, that's that's his rookie year. Right. I just mean in terms of like the guards that they had. And then for big men, you have Al Horford who can kind of spray it all around from the high post, pause, from the high post uh, (laughs) position. And you don't have a you don't have a big like that anymore. You've got you know Tristan Thompson. He's a solid rebounding big, but he's not doing much for you, um, passing the basketball, shooting the basketball, getting other guys shots. So and bro, I I joke about Daniel Tice, but Daniel Tice was playing solid ball. He was giving him solid minutes. Solid. It's, it's, solid. Yeah. it's how he had trade value, but they they, they lose that. That's something Until else. Until he faces Embiid, then he gets right, destroyed. Right, right, right. He's Daniel Tice. We know we know what Daniel Tice is. <laughs> But on the flip side of this whole thing, where one team is spiraling, one team is getting their legs back from under them. The, the Hornets yep. lost Gordon Hayward, lost Lamelo Ball. You know, were struggling for a little bit, got Lamelo Ball back, and they seem to got their you know they have their swagger back about them again. Um, so, Kyle, me and you both said it, Jake. I have a feeling you might agree, even just from rooting against the Celtics standpoint, that if this game was played today or tomorrow that we're taking the Hornets just because of how they there's the form that they've been in lately yeah I would take the Hornets over the Celtics right now and it's also a great matchup for the Hornets like beyond everything else this is a Boston team that does not defend against the three-point line well uh and that that's been you know kind of the big bugaboo all Brad Stevens players seems to not be as bought into his system they don't you know, you're used to seeing that the guys fly around, rotate. They're always in position. It hasn't been the case this year. The Hornets are a top 10 three-point shooting team. So mm-hmm. that should give them an edge in that matchup. Yeah, 100%. And the thing about the Hornets is, and obviously we talked about Gordon Hayward's out and LaMelo's back, but they don't need LaMelo to score. They have scorers all around. They got five dudes in Gordon Hayward's absence that are getting more than 15 points a game. Rozier, P.J. Washington's been playing amazing. 
Um, LaMelo, obviously, just over that 15. Miles Bridges is coming back. And then Devontae Graham, who seemingly fell off the face of the planet the first half of the season, is he now back. back. Though. He back. Yeah, though, right. he's back. So I, I, I think... And, and actually, what's crazy, we talk about the facts, that's only 78% of their points. Five dudes, they still have all these other guys that are getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a tough matchup for the Celtics, to be honest. And they do get, you know, they need to win one out of two, but I'm taking the Hornets pretty convincingly in the first game. I, I can't see them. I don't see a win condition for the Celtics in a game no. that matters. No, and, and losing Gordon Hayward... It obviously did something to them, but I think if you would ask like the average around the way NBA fan if they knew Gordon Hayward was out right now, they'd probably tell you no. Because even when he was there, the focus was LaMelo Ball. That's that's how this team was going, and, and rightfully so. When he came back, now they started winning games. And yeah. I, I I I just think they're, you know, when when Gordon Hayward, since he's out now, now it's a team of young bucks. Now it's a team of spry young cats who are, are going to out-hustle you. They're more athletic than you. They got more of a swagger than you. Like, that's just, if you're if you're not in your right form playing the Hornets, you're going to slip up and lose. They're just playing they're just playing exciting, fun, good basketball right now. For a one-game playoff, a yeah. series is different. Now, if, if now let, let's answer that question. If they had to play an actual playoff series, no playing game tomorrow, does that change your answer? That's got to change your answer a little bit because you have an experienced coach in Brad Stevens. You have vets on that Boston Celtics team who are going to make adjustments. A one-game playoff is way different from beating a team four times in a week. Yeah. I take the Hornets in a series, but it, it's going six or seven. Um, I don't know if I take the Hornets in a series. The, ver- the I'm first taking the Hornets round, definitely in the series. And the Terror is here at the playoffs. Dude. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, That's give me that back. Too. That's I need that too. back. Yeah, I need Terry Rozier to win this game and just make the playoffs. <laughs> Please. I, I also TV. So, like, I agree with you, James. Actually, I think I would probably lean Boston here. But the one thing that really sticks with me, and again, back to, like, that effort point, you don't see guys flying around on defense, buying in. Like, it's one game. Who wants it more? Mm-hmm. Is it a Hornets team who's never been to the playoffs or is it a Boston team who's having their worst year and destroyed by injury in the past couple years? Like, I got to lean Hornets there. I got to lean Hornets. Hornets giving up the third most offensive rebounds in the league. Perimeter defense is terrible. The transition is terrible. Their playoff measurables are bad. They're going to get you for one game because they're younger than you, inspired in you. But those other three games that's about adjustments that's about moving to the flow of the playoffs and this is a team and players who don't who who remember a conference finals run marcus smart and jason tatum and them they remember our conference finals run. they remember how to how to win in the playoffs so that's i think i think there's too many guys to guard there you need to guard on the hornets and the celtics just don't have enough guys to do that who the, the playoffs are about your your star players coming alive making big plays and big moments yeah. Who won the Hornets can give you 60? Rozier. No, I guess it may be because, I mean, he popped off for a game this year. He did pop off for a game this year. A couple games. But, but, but I mean, like, I'm talking about a 60. Who did you Jason- think he was going to say right, right, when right, you right. said that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> as literally as soon as it left, because as soon as I said it, I remember he has well, popped off for need 60. A 40, but, you need 40. My, my point is. Jason Tatum can give you that, not 60 yeah. or 40 on a consistent basis, but big games on a consistent basis. That's like this team ball, this we don't we, we don't have a go-to number one guy. That's cool. And that's great for a young team who's figuring it out at the end of the regular season. But 
when it's 15 seconds left in game six and you need a closeout bucket, look, you're looking at hundred percent. It's not even close. Like that's who's getting the ball and that's who's making by default, it. I mean. by, de by default, because he, because he's probably the best bucket getter on the team. I don't know. A lot of people probably put it in Melo's yeah. hands and tell him to distribute something to make the best play possible. Because that's that's where the Hornets are right now. You don't have yeah. the, you know what I mean. Game on the line, no doubt. I'm giving it to Jason Tatum. But sure, I don't I don't know about I don't know about that for for the Hornets. But we'll we'll move on to the other one, the Pacers and the Wizards, the nine and the ten seeds right now. Uh, the Bulls are two games back of the Wizards. They have an outside shot of getting in. But for right now, it'd be the nine seed Pacers playing the ten seed Red Hot Wizards. Kyle, give us the facts. Break that one. Break that one down for us one time. Yeah, so just in their matchups this year, we see the Wizards are 3-0 against them. And all of these games are in the past six weeks. Um, and only one of them was really any competitive. But we do see a tale of just two different teams here. So the Wizards side, you see Russell Westbrook going off, right? Mm -hmm. 22 points a game, 13.5 rebounds, 13.5 assists since the start of April. And MPG, um, Jake. And MPG. That's fine. Number's always. Cool. Number's cool. And, and then you have uh, Brad Beal. And you put those two together, and that makes up 45% of their points scored. I'm really worried about the uh, the Wizards' depth. And then the other side of the ball, it's just a completely different story. Sabonis, Levert, and Malcolm Brogdon all going for 20. And, like, not 25. Like, they all just go for 20. And But it's crazy. And then you got guys on the bench. You got TJ McConnell's getting valuable minutes. Justin Holiday, who was a starter until Levert came in, is now on the bench giving valuable minutes. And all of them can give you double digits effective shooting percentages that the Wizards just don't have. So you're looking at a really top-heavy team in the Wizards and then just, the, you know, an all-around basketball team in the Pacers. And it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup because on paper, they're nothing alike. Nothing alike. And, and the Pacers bring everything the Wizards lack. Yeah. Good good defense, pace of play, depth, like everything that the, the Wizards don't have, the Pacers have. And, and that's just a, a gritty, gutsy team. And I get with Russell Westbrook comes a lot of grit, a lot of just will to win, but they're so top heavy and, and Russ and Brad Beal are going to give you 60 to 70 a night. Like I have yeah. no doubt in my mind that if that matchup were to happen, that Russ and Brad Beal would have a hell of a game. Brad Beal's giving you 30. Russ is giving you a 25 or 30 point triple double. They're going to pop off. Who else is going to do what? Yep. Who else is going to do what? And then you're, you're facing the a Pacers team who's just consistent all around the board. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's as one-sided as we're making it seem because the Wizards have gotten to this point doing that. And, uh, I mean, you get one good game out of Roy Hachimura. You get a good game out of Thomas Bryant. Danny uh, Avia Danny. still waiting to break out. Maybe mm -hmm. he has a game somewhere, 15 points. And you win this game. And this is the fun one because, right, this is do or go home. And the Hornets-Celtics matchup we just talked about, loser of that has a second try. The winner, the loser of this game, you go home, see you again next season. And I think, like, I know it's super cliche, but the want it more aspect, truly, like, throughout the past 12 games of the NBA season, you look at the games, if you're on a playoff team, a lot of the teams are coasting, depending on their situation. So you get down to this, to this one-game playoff scenario... Um, a lot's on the what it more. The one game, a lot is on who wants it more. Right. If if all else is even, the who wants it more will will be the differentiator. So I I just have trouble putting faith in the Pacers. Um, and I know you know everything we mentioned about Washington is accurate. They have no depth, um, and they've really only been hot of late where they've made this charge. But the Pacers. 
it's just mind-boggling to me that they are not better than they are. Yeah. They have yeah. a combo guard yeah. who is like all-star level in Brogdon. You've got a scoring guard who joined them late in Levert. You've got a also all-star probably, level. Right. All-star level. You've got probably an all-NBA level player in uh, Sabonis. So mm-hmm. I get one of the uh, best you've, defensive you've, players in the league and Miles Turner, who also gives right. valuable bench minutes. Like a and, and I get right so they, to Jim McConnell. Yeah. Yeah. They, they miss they miss him a little bit. He's been uh, in and out of the lineup with injuries. Yeah. TJ Warren, they miss a little bit. But I, I don't know. It just it smells fishy. It, they should be better than they are. That makes me want to lean Wizards here. You know why I'm leaning Wizards? Remember everything I said at the top where the Patriots have everything the Wizards don't? Throw all that out the window. Because when, when we bring it to the aspect of want it more, like... I'm leaning more and more into liking the playing tournament because that was geared for Russell Westbrook. That's geared exactly for a player yeah. like Russ. And for Just, Brad Beal. And for Brad Beal too. Like a like a fuck it type game through all rational rules of playoff basketball out the window and just give me one game of of whatever it comes down to whatever it takes if it takes 20 20 and 20 just to win this one game that's exactly what i'm gonna give you like that's not sustainable through a a 16 game playoff but for one like i i could i could double down on russ to just will will me one win to get us in there's not many guys in the league that can actually play all 48 minutes yeah. at a high level, and Russ is one of them. And you probably don't play him 48, but Russ is going to play 42 minutes in this game if it's a close one. And Brad Beal can go off. We talk about going off for 60. In a game that matters, Brad yeah, Beal is honestly maybe like a top five capable guy to do mm-hmm. that. Like I'm leaning Pacers because the lack of the three ball from the Wizards, and I'm sorry, in today's age of basketball in the playoffs, you, you have to be able to shoot the three. And somehow you have the fastest pace in the league, meaning you get the most possessions, but they've made the third least three pointers in the league. That that scares me a little bit. But in one game, that doesn't scare me as much as it does in the whole series. I think this is a fun one. Um, I'm not sure if either of these teams make the playoffs, but right, right, right. I think it's I think it's a fun one because the, as Jake said, the Pacers on paper should be the four seed right now, mm-hmm. but instead we have the New York Knicks sitting there. Like it, it's crazy. And, but this is two completely opposite styles of play butting heads yeah. against each other. This is a fast-paced run-and-gun team with the Wizards, who are the Pacers who are going to slow it down and take the air out of the ball every chance that they get. So yep. it's 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 a war of the tide, right? If, if the Wizards can string together a, a couple of 20-2 to two runs, a couple of 22-1 to one runs, and, and up the pace and, and just put it out of reach of the Pacers to where they can't slow it down, they got to get their possessions in, it's going to go the Pacers or it's going to go the Wizards way. If the Pacers make every possession long so that, you know, there, there's no up and down pace of the play, the Wizards might struggle. It's just whoever dominates that pace, whoever gets it to, to their game is going to win. But I think it's hilarious that we keep arguing all this as if it's going to go down and all this can be completely flipped on its head tomorrow. Like we could wake up and, and different yeah. teams could be there in this playing tournament. That's, I mean, I the mean only- that's the fun of it, right? The only thing that's really going to change here is the Wizards and the Pacers can get flip-flopped. Um, the Bulls have an outside shot of getting the 10 seed if they go 2-0 and and the Wizards go 0-2 in their next two games. I'm not sure if that happens, but Unlikely, the, right. the, the Pacers and the Hornets could switch for that uh, the 8-9 spot. I actually think that would kind of switch things up in terms of how I view who's getting in if that yeah. were to happen. Because then, let's say, I'm, I'm fading Boston. I'm going against Boston Pretty much anyone who they're matched up against. I mean, realistically, the Hornets or Indiana. 
But in that second game, that changes things because now you're looking at the Hornets, who, as we said, are really good three-point shooting. Boston struggles there. Or the Wizards are the number one team in pace, as you said, and I believe the number one team in fouls drawn or number two team in fouls drawn. Boston's lower third in fouls given. So that can be another edge for Washington right there that I don't think they'd necessarily have otherwise. So... That's just my thoughts on it. Hopefully Boston loses both games. That would be so sweet. That would be <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So so real quick round table before we move to the Western Conference. Definitive answers on one who we think is, is going to make it. I know that this the seven eight matchup is pretty much locked in. Um, but who we think is gonna make it and who he's gonna who is gonna win. I personally think we're going to see the Celtics and the Hornets. Give me, give me the Hornets for one game. Give me the Hornets and Scary Tyrion them for one game. And then if I get the Pacers Wizards, give me the Wizards for one game. And then they, they probably get swept <laughs> when they when they face the, the Sixers in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm gonna take I think Boston or the Hornets. I think Hornets win, right? And mm-hmm. whoever whoever loses that game, I honestly think beats the next team. And I give a slight edge, like a slight shot. To the Pacers, I don't think the Wizards are going to go two and zero. Honestly, that's true. Um, if the Pacers do get by the Wizards, I could see them beating the Celtics or the Hornets in that knockdown game. I don't see the Pacers going two and zero. Yeah, it's tough. I, I still think it's going to be Celtics Hornets. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, if I had to bet, I should say, which I would will, bet. Which you will. Which I have. Yeah. Which you have. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet on Boston to miss the playoffs. So I get. All your arguments are jaded. All of all well, you your, can, your you can head out right here. Yeah, your argument can be right. But they're jaded, James. But like my bets are based off of all the things that I'm saying. Not all the things I'm saying are based off of my bet. But so square's not a rectangle. Rectangle's a square. Some shit like that. Yeah, but, all, but, but even even all the things you've been saying are jaded. There's there's no unbiased Celtics <laughs> opinion. If if there's a chance for the Celtics not to make the playoffs and you to make money, you're gonna jump at it. It's exactly what you did. Give me Charlotte uh, making it in as the seventh seed, and then I will go out and take... I mean, I'm the only one who's going to be taking Washington here, right? Neither of you guys took Washington? No, yeah. I took him. Right. I took him. Oh, James did. I took him. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, then I'm with you, James. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington in the eighth seed. Momentum. stomped by the NCAA, NCAA tournament vibes. A playing team yeah. who got really hot, won their conference, and, you, you know, you get to the round of 32, and it all stops there. Now, now, now you're playing real, real teams, and you got to go. Yeah. All right, Western Conference now. Um, it's it's a it's a little bit different than the Eastern Conference. A lot of things are actually really wild in the Western Conference. The Warriors and the Grizzlies right now are fighting for the eight and nine seeds. The Spurs are locked into the tenth seed. They clinched last night, and the Mavericks, Trailblazers, and Lakers all within a game, uh, uh, all in a game of each other of the five, six, and seven seeds. Um, that seven seed, of course, is going to have to play in the play-in tourney. Of course, always the wild, wild west, right? It happens yeah. every single year. And this time, an unfamiliar face, and for at least the past two years, an unfamiliar face at the bottom of his conference, LeBron James. Um, the Lakers right now in the seventh seed. They would be matched up against the Warriors, which is, you know, get your popcorns ready, Bron, and Steph Curry. But Kyle, I need the facts on that because that, that would be the matchup that everyone would want, to be honest. Yeah, the facts about this one is the Lakers are 28 and 15 with LeBron and 12 and 15 without him. And that's kind of all you need to know going into a play in tournament that this team can play when he's on the floor and they can't when he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, when AD and LeBron are on the floor, they're 18 and 8. 
And the Lakers have the best defensive rating in the team, which actually surprised me. Um, but they're going against the Hornets, or uh, sorry, Warriors team that's hot. Six and one in the month of May. Andrew Wiggins is somehow, you know, playing to what we thought he could play like 23.4, five rebounds, 52% shooting in the last eight games. And since coming back from injury, we know what Steph has done, right? We, we talked about that 30 point span, but it's like 37 a game in the last 23, I believe he's played. It's gross. So the Warriors are coming in hot. Uh, six and one in the month of May. I think this is a tough one. I, I just don't see LeBron dropping a game in the play in tournament. But uh, I, we're I, talking about a will to win. Yeah. <laughs> if, there's, if there's one game to get. Oh, undefeated in elimination games. This is an elimination game in the playoffs. Playoff elimination yep. game, right? Undefeated in those. Uh, So we all agreed it's going to be a wrap if it's at least in, <laughs> in the 7 8. If it's Lakers uh, versus the Warriors, like. Bad luck, Warriors. Like, get them yeah. next play-in game because it's, it's it's all fun and games to hype up. It's got, it would be a blowout if those two teams played, and and the Lakers that like, got healthy, AD and LeBron obviously came back. Like, I, it would be a blowout. I don't think it would be particularly close if those teams played. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I think we're gonna see this matchup. Um, I could see the Lakers go 2-0 and the Blazers drop their game to the Nuggets and maybe we see the Blazers go to the seventh seed. But I'm looking through all the schedules and I know we talked about it before and Jake, I thought you thought the, the Blazers might drop down, but I think it's going to stay the same. Hmm. I think we're just going to see the 7-8 matchup. It, and it's rough for the Warriors because I honestly like their prospects against Portland. Like that's a team that they're very built to play against. Yeah. Same goes somewhat for the Mavericks, just in terms of both teams rely on three-point shots. They like to go back and forth. They like to play up pace, and that's obviously plays right into Seth Curry's hands where the Lakers are going to you know, sit you down, grind you out. Like, like mm-hmm. this is going to be LeBron in the playoffs. We've seen it, you know, umpteen times. So I, th- I think if there's one team who really can't afford to go in this play in 20, it's the Mavs. If the Mavs could somehow stay in that 5-6, like somehow – like inch out of the play in tourney and get themselves in the actual playoffs to play someone in a series. I think they have much, much better luck if it's a it's a winner go home situation one game playoff. I think in a winner go home situation, someone is getting the Mavs. Like I think it's why yeah. Luca's so against it, why their whole team is so against it. You know in the back of your mind, like, dang, if I gotta face one of LeBron James, Steph Curry, or Damian Lillard in a in a one game, win it all type thing, win or go home type thing. I'm probably losing to all three of those superstars, so I, I'm I'm trying to stay out of there as much as possible. But in yeah. terms of and the they're Warriors, set up, right. they're, they're set up to play the Clippers right now too. The Mavs are mm-hmm. get a little repeat last year, right? Right, that'd cool. be a fun series. That would be a fun series. Clipper, I mean, Paul George have to prove himself again. But in terms <laughs> in terms of the Warriors, six and one in the month of May, like that they're they're hot at the right time. Andrew Wiggins yep. hot at the right time. Steph Curry obviously going out of his mind berserk. Like, is is there is there a shot that the Warriors like make some noise? They were, bro, a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, they were down and out. It was like, man, you, you might as well lock it up. Steph Curry don't get hurt. And now, like, they're one of the hottest, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league. But you know, they are six and one in this calendar month. Yep. And if Wiggins keeps playing to the level he's playing at. I mean, we talk about LeBron in the playoffs. What about Steph Curry in the playoffs? Obviously, a complete different comparison, but nah. Steph Curry comes alive in the playoffs, though. Nah. Maybe I mean, you're looking at a Jazz and a Suns team at the top of the Western Conference who a lot of teams believe aren't the best two teams in the Western Conference, not even one or two. 
um, which I don't personally agree with. I think the Suns definitely are. But mm-hmm. Steph Curry goes into a seven or eight seed with Wiggins playing really well with, you know, Draymond in the playoffs. I could see him making some noise. Kyle, do me a favor. Don't don't put LeBron James and Steph Curry playoff modes in, this, in, this, in the same category. There's, I mean, don't there's a one and a two, right? And I think that's one and two. So I think, like, I mean, it's like, you know, bad luck Warriors. But realistically, whoever faces them in that second playing game, which we'll get to in just a bit here, I envision them handling whoever comes out of that game pretty thoroughly. And on top of that, Whoever they end up facing, I guess it would be the Jazz, right? And the one seed, if they if they lose the first game, win the second playing game, like I would be pretty tight. If I'm if I'm the Jazz and the Suns, I'd be tight about having to face LeBron and then the other, you know, Utah has to face Steph. Brutal. If I'm if I'm one of these teams in the bottom of Western Conference, I'm telling Brad to pick on someone his own size. This is I'm writing a letter to Adam Silver. Yeah, like, this, this, this ain't your fight. These, you know what I mean? We're we're little fifth graders on the on the playground at recess. What you doing, big dog coming out here and beating up on us? Like go go face Kawhi and, and Jogic in them. Like we we got big enough battles down here. But when you look at the weaknesses for these teams, the Lakers, it's weird because they were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league last year. And this year, the three-point offense is abysmal. Ranked bottom 10 and three-pointers made attempted and three-point percentage. Uh, and then the third most, third most turnovers in the league. What's weird about them is they're still probably the first or second best defensive team in the league. Even with all the, the injuries to LeBron and AD, they've maintained this big defensive status it was yeah. one of the biggest if not the biggest reasons they won the, the championship last year is because they were the best defensive team in the league so should that I, I feel like we shouldn't lose our confidence in the lakers i know I, I make a whole shaky baby video about them and everything but really we really shouldn't lose so much confidence in the lakers because they maintain that defensive identity that's what that's really what won them the championship last year it's still there yeah and a lot of those stats are made this year by not having LeBron, not having AD. Um, so like, the defensive like, one isn't though. The that defensive is, one is, it is like, true. The defensive one, yeah, one, the three they, point, they three point, the turnovers though. Yeah, you yeah. should only take away the positive, which is, yeah. I guess, convenient to say, but it's true. I mean, you know, if you're able to do, if you're able to excel without LeBron or AD, it's like, oh, great, great, that that spells well for when we do have them. But you know, oh, we're struggling without LeBron and AD, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, but but think about where they're struggling. LeBron don't shoot threes. AD don't. He creates them. It's driving attempted. Okay, attempted is the big one. But but of your percentage proportionally, you shouldn't be bottom ten and made. Like if if you're still, I get you're not taking as much because the the best creator of three point you know baskets in the league is out. But you're still taking three point shots. Still got three point shooters on your team. So like I I don't think they they shouldn't be bottom ten and made. It shouldn't gone down that much. That that's yeah. not LeBron and AD. Yeah, I actually think it's percentage is the big one because I mean, if you don't take that many, it's okay. Like you won't get the total made, right? Word. But percentage is where you got to make them. But to be honest, Lakers wise, no one's counting them out. I mean, the second the re- the postseason starts, the regular season's out the window, and now you're sitting with a team probably as AD back, definitely as LeBron back, defending a title. I mean, throw the seed number away, everyone's gonna still be like Lakers could be a favorite, right? And then where the Warriors are, are weak and what they lack is the reason why they get smacked around in this game is they got no big men. Like, go ahead, 30-35-plus-year-old 30, Draymond trying to guard AD. That's fine. That's cute. Like, I, I, yeah. Draymond, all-world defender. That's great. 
but you're giving up too much size and too much strength, too much, you know, physical dominance right there. And I think I think Drummond would bully Wiseman. I mean, Wiseman's not, who, who's not even out. He's not even playing. He, so is he, oh, gonna be, is he yeah, done for the year? Done for yeah. the year. So uh, so yeah, not no 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 depth. And the people who are there, like who who Toscano Anderson, wait, right? You got one Toscano Anderson oh, on the floor. Oh, oh, AD taking him, AD taking him out big. Uh, least offensive boards in the league, ranked twenty third and two point field goals. That don't shock me. Like hey, it's we live live yeah. and die by it, baby. The nine and ten seeds as we move down, the Grizzlies and the Spurs. First of all, let's clap for the Spurs because I'm I'm very very happy that they got in. Greg Pop got in. You know, Demar Derozan is gonna get you know his flowers for a little. Got bit. in. Got in. Do so we count it as they got a I shot? You got to win to to be like okay, oh, we well, got in. They're I, still playing. I, I always I, I always um, parallel it to the NCAA tournament. Don't you say someone got in if they make the the playing game? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's tough. Got in. I mean, it's just different. Got a ticket like, for instance, it. like remember JJ Redick? Like, oh, you know, I've been in the playoffs every year. Like, if you're J, imagine you're JJ Redick and you uh, are on the Pelicans and they make the playing game and lose. Like, I don't know if you can consider that as like I made the playoffs ever. Like, well, is he I don't like know. he or he on the Maps right now? So JJ would right, still yeah, take he's, that. Yeah, he's booked his ticket. He, he, right. He's booked it. Yeah. JJ, JJ would definitely <laughs> would definitely take that. But when we look at the who they'd be playing, the Grizzlies, you got John Morant and them right in the ninth seed. So that that's a that's an interesting matchup, Kyle. I need the facts on that. Yeah, um, and I've tried to be, like, you know, with the facts, I've tried to be very, you know, see both sides of this one, but I don't see both sides of this one. I think Uh-oh. the Grizzlies are just so much better. I mean, the Spurs are coming in cold, right? Two and eight in their last 10, losing by an average of 11 points in those losses. And they're not that good of a team. I mean, 19th in offensive rating, 15th in defensive rating. You flip it to their matchup, the Grizzlies, 14th in offensive rating, 7th in defensive rating. John Morant's the big name, but you got seven guys in double figures. And what people aren't talking about is that Jaron Jackson is back. He missed 56 games, but his minutes are starting to ramp up. He has the best per 36 stats on that team, which is a little misleading because he's only playing about 25 minutes a game. So they get slightly inflated, but he's going to be back in his normal role within a week or two. Um, and definitely probably could see it in the playing game. He's back in his normal role. And Jaron Jackson is the second best player on that team when healthy. So it, it's tough for me to see that the Spurs having a shot, but I will give them the credit. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan and Deontay Murray are playing exceptionally well, even though they're two and eight in the past 10 games. I'm about to say, you paid this DeRozan how, shooting 50%. How'd they get in if they're playing? They're DeRozan's, playing so bad. <laughs> yeah. How'd they yeah, DeRozan shooting 50%, the, mm-hmm. uh, shoot 21 points a game. Deontay Murray's giving you 17, seven and almost seven, but depth, we talked about it with the Celtics, but the depth of the Spurs is pretty bad right now. Mm-hmm. I well, think you, before but Jay, before you move on, Kyle, you got to answer something because you're really high on, on that man, Keldon Johnson, and yeah, and he, he up and he one of those rookies who shows spurts, but I, I don't think he's his his ceiling or his plateau. Right, his plateau has been has been below the bar now, where he's starting the to settle. The thing about Keldon Johnson is he showed it out the gate, right? Right. Um, he came out hot. A guy like Sadiq Bay came out hot, but when you look at those two now, Sadiq Bay kept it going. Granted, he's on the Pistons. He gets a lot more opportunity, and they stink. Mm-hmm. But the Spurs kind of stink too. Um, I still like Kelvin Johnson <laughs> going forward, though. I mean, you can you could have a good rookie season and you know not make the playoffs your first year, especially because he's not the guy. And you could so, have you could have a bad rookie season and turn around. I've seen it many times. Not I, you're like yeah. And another name in their depth is Lonnie Walker, who I'm happy for. I mean, not the depth you're looking for right now, but 
was not looking like the player he's looking like now that he was last year. In the past, so excluding the game they just played against the Knicks as of you know this recording, their most recent game, 10 games before that, that sample size, they have a defensive rating of 121. To put that into perspective, the Sacramento Kings this year are the league's worst, worst defense uh, and also the worst defense of all time by defensive rating. And they come in at 116. Over the last 10 games, Spurs defensive rating 121. Like they're playing the worst defensive basketball, basketball of all ever. Time. Of all time. Yeah. Ever. It's incredible. A great, so a, like, great pop, a great pop team? Yes, yeah, the they're done. It's weird. Yeah, they're a done. I, I, I just think <laughs> they're done. And I want to give I want to give the Grizzlies their credit. This is a good team. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they play good basketball. They're third in the league in assists. Or yeah, third in the league in assists. All those guys in double figures I mentioned, and you want to label Job Morant the superstar, but it's a team basketball. This is like how college teams win games, right? They pass mm-hmm. the ball well, they play defense, and that works in the NBA to a certain extent when you don't have a superstar, which they don't yet. It's funny. The past two playoffs have been geared to for guys like John Morant, too. Guys coming out of mid-majors. Last year, you had the bubble where it felt much like an AAU kind of. Everyone's yep. in the same spot. We just came from the tournament type of feel. And now you get a playing tournament, you know, feel vibe, the one and done like the March Madness where he was at Murray State. His his one and done started when his conference tournament started. We If we lose, we're not going to the NCAA tournament from, from Jump yep. Street. So... Like this is it's geared for him and I can't wait to see him shine. But all all signs point towards a smackdown from the Spurs. I really can't believe that a Greg Pop led team is playing such bad defense like that. Like that that really boggles my mind. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. So then it sounds like sounds like we're in agreement that Lakers win their first game, Grizzlies win their first game. So that would give us a consensus of Warriors versus the Grizzlies yes. in the second play, or the, I guess the final play-in game. Right. Who you in got? In the loser's bracket. Yeah. And just as a consolation, say it is the Trailblazers. I think they beat the Warriors too. I think this is the matchup we see no matter what. Right. We see Warriors versus Grizzlies. And I'm taking the Grizzlies. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I like no. how they play basketball. And But how, how is it a no, though? Because like no Wiseman no. we mentioned... Steph would have to drop uh, fifty, he's going and to. the rest of the team. Yeah, but the rest of the team would have to play well too. Kyle, don't say, don't make me defend Steph Curry. Don't make, don't make me do that. You know what, you know what he's capable of. You know what he's been doing. I actually put don't his even back think it's a wall, Steph Curry. Put put his argument. back against the wall against a, a young team and a and a head to head point guard young matchup. I just think he wins it. He Steph Curry Maybe. himself wins wins this game and then gets you know gets smacked around in the playoffs. But if there's a young <laughs> point guard that you know, proven himself to be vet worthy. It's John Morant. He, he's playing five years past his level right now. Maybe not in terms of stats, but just court decisions, all this other stuff. He's playing five years ahead of where he's at. I mean, John Morant is here. He is the one from that class that's a superstar right now. It's not Zion. But but is it is it to use well, Steph Curry is on the broad level in the playoffs, right? Dray- yeah, Green sure. Playoffs but that's crazy. what I was gonna say. I don't think it's a Steph Curry argument. I think it's a team argument. And I think the Grizzlies. I actually agree with you. Like, I agreed with everything you said until you said that Zion isn't on a superstar tier, which I think to the end of this year kind of proved. I think that that John Morant is the superstar. I was saying he was the one. Yeah, you're probably. But I, I, overall, with this series, I do agree with you only because 
Like, there's really no pickable matchup. If you're Steph Curry in the playoffs, you'll get a guy switched off and go after him. But, you know, who are you switching? You go from John Morant to Dylan Brooks, who is a very solid defender. Um, And then, you know, it'll just be a clash of styles because it's very clear that the Grizzlies have an advantage in the painted area. You've got Valanciunas, who's a tremendous rebounder you've got jaron jackson who as you said is probably their second best player so Mm -hmm. it's it's like to me it's kind of like a coin flip because you have to factor in just the steph curry going nuclear greatness factor i'm gonna be tuned in i if i had to pick i probably pick the grizzlies but i I could see it going either way we watched steph curry by himself beat teams like the celtics Um, go toe-to-toe with teams like the Suns, beat teams like the Lakers, all teams that we would say would beat the the Grizzlies, correct? All these teams we would say would beat the Grizzlies in a one game. Now we're we're shaking our head about these teams and we would beat the Grizzlies in a a one-game tournament. I believe all those teams would. But those are regular season games. That's a different scenario to me. I guess, but I mean, these all happen... I'm picking the games that have happened in in recent time span when the Warriors knew that they're trying to play for a playing game these are the, the warriors have been in the playoffs you know for the last couple of weeks now fighting for their for their playing lives and Seth yep. Curry, that's when this barrage is happening it's i'm telling you man the will the, i think the this fact is- that it's one game and it's like my superstars got to go out there and give me one no one on the grizzlies has steph curry type potential to absolutely just have a game in a chokehold and there's nothing you can do no defense you can play no timeout you can call that this man is going to pull up from 35-40 and cash him out. Like, it makes me mad saying it because we've seen it happen before. No one of the Grizzlies has that potential. Not one person. Not all, all right, five well, need, put together. I need you to do something for me right now then, James. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what? I need you to turn around and you're going to write, Steph Curry, <laughs> I'm on my warrior. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, because I really have the John Moran quote behind me. That's funny. And I'm talking Steph about Curry, even... I'm on my warrior. No, I think this is... Out of all the games that could happen in this playing tournament, this is the one I'd be most excited for. It's not, I, I sound very definitive in me picking the Grizzlies. James was a little, or Jake was a little more, you know, indecisive, giving it more slack. But I, I, I do think this would be a tight, fun game. I can't 100% say I'm taking Grizzlies, but if I have to pick a team, I mean, you got to pick one, right? It would be the game of the, it would be the must watch game of the playing tournament. I mean, probably behind their game against. The Lakers. The like Lakers. That's, but that's just show value. Basketball right. value, this I'll is take this. Much better. Yeah. They're gonna get smacked. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. It definitely it definitely will be fun. Um I like this last question, Kyle. You put it in real quick. Which playing team in the West has a shot to make a playoff run if they do make it in? Uh it's yeah. the Lakers, but if I mean, other than the Lakers. Other than the Lakers, other, I guess. Other do than the, the Lakers, do the Lakers have a chance to make? I, I, I guess the, the word a chance. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, Let they do. Other stop. than the Lakers, I think the Jazz are kind of weak as a one seed, not a weak team overall. So, say the Warriors or Grizzlies, whoever wins that game, could have a shot to beat them. Um, but that's about as far as I would go. Ain't ain't that just about a bitch? How the stars align? The Suns have this crazy breakout season. No one expected them to do it. They get the two seed, and who they most likely got to go up against in a seven game series yeah. for the first round? LeBron James and, and Anthony well, Davis and them. You're rooting against. You're rooting for the Denver Nuggets then against the Trailblazers. Um, I think that game's tomorrow. Right. Because it could be the Trailblazers. Which I'd much rather. I'd much rather take that. So that's just yeah. a that's just a dead right there. The Lakers are the, have have the best chance to. It's the Lakers. It's so the yeah, Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. We don't want to say it's unfortunate. 
I know it's Kyler and I hope for the Grizzlies, man. They have there, a shot. No, whoever gets the eight seed has a shot. Uh, right. Whoever gets the eight seed, I think, can give a series to the Jazz. It's a tough question. You, I mean, think about the Eastern Conference. Is the team going to knock off the Nets or the Sixers? No. The West, they have a better shot, but playoff run? Like, I'm thinking Nuggets made it to the Conference Finals. Eh, I, I don't see that in any of these teams. Mm-hmm. All right, before we move on to speaking facts, you brought up the Eastern Conference playoffs. If the Sixers play the Knicks in the second round, that 1-4 matchup, that's tough. No, The Knicks have absolutely nobody to deal with Joel Embiid. And you're shaking yeah. your head all confidently that's not tough. It's great. All right, man. All right, man. It's not like, like okay, who would you rather play in the second round? Would you rather play the Knicks, the Knicks or would you rather play the Bucks? I, I didn't say they yeah. weren't the, the lesser of two evils, but it's still tough. No, it's, it's a gritty. It's, it's not. Gritty. It's, it's not. We, we it's Tom Thibodeau playoff basketball. Man. Gritty yeah. as hell. Yeah, but man. I want to see them over any other team. It could be the Heat have a shot to sneak into that spot, too. I don't want to see the Heat. I guess I would rather see the Hawks than the Knicks, but everyone would rather. Yeah, that, that's, I rather yeah. see that would be. Yeah, that's well, ideal. That's, that's that's cupcake. That's a walk. But cupcake I don't think you. Who would you rather see the Heat or the Knicks? The Knicks, probably the Knicks. Probably the Knicks. Not not crazy definitively, but probably the Knicks. Probably the Knicks, just because of how well the Heat have been playing recently, and they just held Joel to six points, two rebounds, Mm -hmm. four turnovers. And and they made the finals last year. I I was going to say, and Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, all all that. All right, we're going to transition from NBA to the NFL. That's where we're going to bring in our speaking facts segment, bro. We haven't done speaking facts in a while, and it's like my favorite segment that we do. Because people be saying some wild things, and we get to call them out on for call them out for it. And this is all about the NFL because of the schedule release that just happened what two days ago. Um, so the first one here is Minka Fitzpatrick on facing the Bills in Week One. He tweeted this playoff game Week One. Now is he speaking facts? And I say that from this standpoint of. Minka Fitzpatrick is on the Steelers. The Bills had this this crazy good season, AFC Championship game run and everything. They're slated to be a good team. But people are like iffy on the Steelers. They don't know what what Steelers team is going to come out this year. Ben Roethlisberger towards the end of last season looked really old. Um, They have this shaky draft. They lose some people. So I I put this in there to say, is Minka speaking facts? Is it going to be a playoff type of game? Or are the Bills going to dominate in a week one victory against the Steelers? Uh, it's facts, but not for the reason he thinks it is. Yeah, every non-division uh, game is going to be a playoff game, buddy. Your yeah. division's really, really good this year. Yeah, yeah. You guys aren't making the playoffs. This better be, yeah, it's going to be a playoff game, all right? Yeah. got to win them. You got 17 playoff games. That's crazy. Kyle, he's speaking facts or no? Uh, he's speaking facts because Steelers week one are probably more set up to be in shape just because <laughs> they have bets. They have vets that get older over the season, so like yeah. that's like the best form of the Steelers, and you have a young Bills team. Mm-hmm. I mean, playoff vibe week one. I just, I mean, it's football. If you don't come up to play, you're gonna get your ass beat. I mean, right. I hope it's a playoff vibe. And as Jake mentioned, which I'm cracking up about, their division is tough. Yeah. Every game's a playoff game for the Steelers. You really can't breathe. That's crazy. I agree with you, Kyle. That. The best Steelers team we gonna see is Week One. Is, is <laughs> the first snap is the best Steelers team. It goes downhill from there. I don't think Minka speaking facts. I I think this Steelers team is gonna struggle. I think I mean you're gonna have a rookie running back who's gonna start and Najee Harris. The Bills have a great with defense. So no O line with no O line. Ben Roethlisberger is gonna be running for his life trying to run from Ed Oliver and everybody. So like run, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gimp gimp all over the place trying to run from people you know they're they're gonna be i mean it's gonna be their defense if their defense can 
you know, hold the Bills to something. But you know, let, let's we, we Steelers don't always find a way though to at least get to like ten wins. It's they're lucky. It's like, week one. Yeah. They're, lucky, yeah. they're lucky. It's week one. Stephen A. Again, we cannot have a speaking facts segment without Stephen A. Smith because if you too easy if, to quote him. If you're really quiet, you can probably hear, hear him yelling about something from way yonder. But this time. It was about the Washington football team. He said the Washington football team is a perfect landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. We know about the drama going out in Green Bay. You talk about shaky Washington football team. I heard a lot of teams. WFT was not one of them. It's Stephen A. Speaking Facts. This is ideal. Yeah. And I hate to say it as an Eagles fan. Mm. And I'm kind of scared of the Washington football team. I think they have a top three defense in the league. You look at the weapons that they do have. um, Gibson. Broke out as a running back. Uh, Terry McLaurin's a great wide receiver. J.D. McKissick out of the backfield is a great receiving back. That's where we need to slow down, okay? Uh, maybe not McKissick. but I I'm, like I'm, Washington. I'm just they going through the problems. names. But get, they give you problems. And, okay, maybe I should have said Logan Thomas is a good receiving Ooh. tight end. <laughs> but regardless, I think that's a spot because um, I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to struggle too much. I think Fitzpatrick's a nice quarterback to plug and play, but if you can find someone like Aaron Rodgers, I get really scared of Washington. In a horrible NFC East division, I hate to say it, and I hate to agree with Matt Valdivinos because we butt heads a lot, mm. but I think Washington would be by far the favorite in the NFC East, and that is a perfect spot. By, f- by, by far. And, Jake, real quick before you go, why I think Stephen A is speaking facts because Aaron Rodgers is going, go, is going to go to a team that's only a quarterback away from making a big-time run. He's not going to a project team. He's going to a, a team that he can step in right now where they're ready to win right now. For all the reasons that you just named, Kyle, the Washington football They're team missing is, is that. A quarterback. A quarterback. That's it. They have great weapons. They have a great defense. They have solid coaching. They are just missing the quarterback. And and I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick is a is a doorstop, right? He's a placeholder. He's been at his whole career. Just until we get one. Names like Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. There's a reason why they're flying around the Washington football team. It's because they're just a quarterback away. I would put them, I think they are a good, they are top 10 landing spot for him. I would put them probably number four. Uh, and the teams that I have ahead of them, you tell me that these teams aren't better. I know one you're going to say. Better fits to win a championship. You right. have right. the LA Rams with Sean McVay in that defense. Who they have all traded, the receivers who just there. traded for a quarterback, though? He's made a transaction for... I guess it was one and one, but they made a transaction for... Matt Stafford, little. and we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they will be better this year with Matt Stafford. Maybe that'll be enough. But just in terms of you put Aaron Rodgers there, he wins. Yeah, you take Aaron Rodgers when you can. Right. right, right so, right. no, and maybe even above them. I put them number one. Maybe even trade above Stafford them. Again. You could go San Fran for sure. Uh-huh. Same exact reason. You have a great offensive mind in your head coach, and you have a super stellar defense. Super stellar defense. So, now, so, so same... Same principle applies. You get Aaron Rodgers and you get these are two teams who just made their last big transaction with quarterback moves. San Fran just gave up the house to go draft a quarterback number three. So why 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 you have to trade for Aaron Rodgers? You can't I mean, you gotta him. give something up for Aaron Rodgers. Right, you have to trade something. They just made they, they just traded all everything they got. They just made that transaction. They got they got a number three overall quarterback. Yeah, so said 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 him love doesn't work. Trade him, I mean. Yeah. And then idea. just just the last one I'll mention, which I think people are writing out and maybe for good reason reason, but Green Bay. Green Bay was one of the top teams in the NFC last year. Like, I get he doesn't like them. They were the number one team. They were the number one team in the the NFL last year. In the uh, NFC. It don't count count because they they got beat in the NFC Championship game by some fucking dogs who went and won the Super Bowl. It doesn't count because he's on the team. 
That's why it doesn't count as a landing spot. He's already there. Here's the thing. That that toxic-ass relationship he's got with the Packers right now. No, we want you to be our quarterback. Go draft a quarterback in the first round. No, we love you. We want you to stay. Never draft a wide receiver or a pass catcher with a first-round pick since he's been there. No, 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 Aaron. You're our guy. Not listen to anything he has to say about the direction of the team. Like this, this toxic-ass, I say one thing and do another relationship that he's got with the Packers. It's dumb, man. Like you gotta, you're you're way too goaded to be treated like that. Way too goaded to be like in your face, disrespected, mistreated like that. He gotta go. Green yeah. Bay is not and, a good landing spot for him anymore. In terms of what you said, Jake, that's where I was gonna shift the argument if you disagreed. Like, what are the other teams? Um, I still think Washington is more ideal than all of those except for the Rams. You could be right about the Rams. That's that that's a. Uh, they're more set up than Washington is, but the problem is Washington has a cake division that you put Aaron Rodgers on, you're instantly getting a playoff spot. Correct. And Washington also is just like so they're one quarterback, one top ten quarterback season away from yeah. being Doing. real, real contenders. So yeah, which it's good. Me. It's not, it's not, no, I, it, he's speak, he's speaking facts. I'll 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 give it to him. He's speaking facts. Y'all, I'm stressed out. I just read I just read the next speaking facts in the script. <laughs> this man could not put this one in. This man, Skip Bayless. Is he is he for real? Skip Bayless said, I am picking Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC and lose to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No Yeah, you're cursed now. You're dog, done now. Dog. <laughs> dog. The, the Browns had a great season last year. Baker silenced a lot of people, even won a playoff game. And I'm I'm super happy. They're a feel-good story. They're a good football team. That's all that they are. They're a good football team. They're, they're not a Super Bowl contender, run through a, a rugged AFC uh conference right now. I just I I absolutely don't see it. The yeah. Chiefs are at the point now. They're so great. That like it's gotten to the point Warriors where like level. Okay, Warriors level, right? Where I'm now like, oh well, like it's gonna be this. Let me be contrarian. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's some other team because that'll get the reaction. It is the Chiefs. The Chiefs addressed the one thing that hampered them in the Super Bowl. They have a great, they have a solid, solid offensive line now. So to say it's anyone other than the Chiefs is just to be hot takey just to be in my opinion just to be like contrarian that's all undisputed yeah. and going, has become. that's all Skip Bayless has become right and and going off of that um, which is funny is so you think okay you put the contrarian team right you don't pick the Chiefs let's pick someone else well why not pick the Bills why not pick the Titans why not pick the Ravens why not pick you know XYZ maybe the Browns come in at like fifth right the, co- but, the, the Colts like pick pick the you know Colts, I mean? yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Wentz still has to prove something, but I think the the Colts start the Colts talk will start fairly early if Wentz looks good, right? Four or five. But I don't six. think anyone wants. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to talk about the Colts yet, right? Um, shit. Why not pick the Steelers just to be like fun about it? Mm-hmm. But the Browns, I don't know. I think the Browns are at the point now where they're like in between, like in terms of the NFC, like Viking Saints territory. Like, oh, they're gonna make the playoffs, but are they really gonna do it? And I think that's where they look at in like the AFC version of those teams is the Browns. And I like the Browns. It took us a couple weeks. I remember when Jake wasn't back with us yet. 
James was trying to get us every week. Me and Matt and I Mother flipped, and then, and then Matt finally flipped after they beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Um, but which don't I, count. I think, <laughs> which yeah, don't it doesn't count. count. <laughs> um, and then he was wrong because that's when they lost. Um, <laughs> but no, I think they're a good team. But no, Skip, Skip Bayless is uh, drawing another headline, and it pro- I didn't watch Undisputed because I don't. But it's probably not even the worst thing you said that day. <laughs> no, no, no. That's probably because here's this is a it's wrong. It's not crazy out of left field far out. Like if the Browns did make a Super Bowl, would I be shocked? Yeah. Would I be like, holy shit, didn't see this coming? No, because they were a really good team last year. But so yeah. in terms of hot takes, it was probably one of the more mild things he said on on, on the episode. If like I would I would put my money uh, onto that, but. I think that's all we got for speaking facts. So it's, it's countdown time, right? Yes, sir. It's countdown time. I'll lead us into it and let's just go in. Number five. It's a number of games won by the Nets with Harden, Durant, and Irving all playing. They're five and two in those seven games that they've played together. And now it gets scary because the last piece of the puzzle is now back and healthy. James Harden is playing with the full team. It's go time for the Nets. Are y'all still confident? Because it's real now. It's not hypothetical no more. It's real now. Not I'm hoping year. the Bucks beat him. To be honest, <laughs> there you go. You sweat the light. A bit. I'm actually like he was so I, confident when it was a hypothetical. When it was a hypothetical, he could still get hurt though. As a Sixers fan, I think it's so so cake for us <laughs> to like get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't see really a, a true test if this is how the standings are gonna play out. Um. Yeah, it's scary. I, I still like our matchup and I'm going to hold on to it that that team plays no defense and has no one that can stop Embiid as a very Sixers fan take mm. but uh, I'm sure we're going to debate this series a in lot. the coming weeks a yeah. wise man once said mm. give him Harden and mm. <laughs> <laughs> they got Harden so we we going to see <laughs> <laughs> take Harden away <laughs> <laughs> no alright alright let's go number four the number of no-hitters this year in the MLB. Guys, remember, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago, I said it seems like there's no-hitters all the time now, and then there yeah. was like a no-hitter like the next night after yeah. I said two, and, then, and then two nights after that, another one. It's crazy. Yeah. It is It is out of control. Juice the ball up again. Let them do steroids. <laughs> like, come on. What are we doing here? No one wants oh. to watch no-hit baseball if it's going to happen all the time. Okay, here's what I'll say yeah. to you for, on that front, Jake. Do you not like seeing a good defensive battle in football or basketball? A basketball game that's in the 90s, a football game that's maybe in the high teens, low 20s, a real grinded out. That's what a no-hitter is. That it's it's not just guys not hitting the ball. It's a pitcher dominating. Like this but, is yeah, like you had nine innings of no hits. Like that's just But a it's also pitcher. like just just the MLB outside of the no-hitters too. There's been less balls in play. And you've got the pitchers increasing velocity. They've got this nasty stuff. Like, I'm fine yeah, with watching tough. a 1-2 baseball game. If there is balls in play, guys making great defensive plays, like, that is exciting baseball. Yeah. But it's not you exciting baseball is 12K, a no-hitter, 12K. A no-hitter once every other week. Yeah. you got to really like baseball. That is the one point I'll get. A defensive football game or basketball game, you know the last you know five minutes are still going to be sick. You're still going to like it. Baseball is a little different. you got to really like baseball, but... All I got to say is Carlos Rodon is a stud. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have watched any of... Uh, he's on the White Sox. If any of you guys have watched him pitch, stud. I yeah. think he's like a .5 ERA right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting yeah. to tune into the White Sox because they are they are who they who we thought they were now. Yep. All right, let's go to number three. The number of interim UFC lightweight champions since 2018. 
Um, you have to help me out with these names. I think this. Hold on. I see Dustin Poirier. Tony in Ferguson. There. There oh, nice. Mm, big gangster. It's Tony Ferguson. Tell me Dustin that last Poirier, name. And Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. I was just gonna say Gaethje and let the let the J be silent. <laughs> I'm yo. I don't front. I don't. I don't. Outside of hey. the big names for UFC, I don't pretend. I don't pretend to know that's, about that's UFC. A big that's, name. that's that's y'all. Poirier. That's I mean, silent Jago. There you go. Yeah, Poirier is good. Give me, give me, give me. Poor, I actually think Poirier is the worst of the three. Is he? In terms of last why names do, or fighting? Why do I know him? Fighting. No. I I completely. Do. You're he, gonna you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see on statements. You're gonna see on Saturday. Tony Ferguson is washed up. He's fighting yeah, Benil Darius. I think uh, that Gaethje is the best though. Gaethje, I do I do think he has great potential. Uh, yeah. He lost to Khabib. Like so what? I mean, everyone does. And a great um, fight. But yeah, so there it's going to be the lightweight title, the vacant lightweight title up this Saturday, or uh, depending on when this comes out. And um, you're going to see who, Ole, Charles Oliveira, who's like a long, he debuted in 2010, been there forever, against uh, Michael Chandler, who has one UFC fight under his belt, and he's fighting for the t championship. So should be a fun one. For sure. All right, let's go to number two. The number of minutes Udonis Hassan played before getting ejected in his only appearance this year. They brought him in. He got a couple buckets, Last and then he tried game. to fight Dwight Howard. Last that, home game. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what he should have done. Like, I wouldn't expect anything different. Shuck, shuck, they should have played shuck ones as he walked through the tunnel. Because <laughs> it's just an OG-type move. It's just, and to be honest, I'm watching the Sixers game last night going in and out because y'all was getting blown out for most of the game. And then Udonis checks in. Oh, okay, UD. Go ahead, OG. Go go get your fair welcome. Oh, what he doing? Why he's stabbing? Like, I didn't even get the thought out. And he, he and Dwight Howard's like, <laughs> you know how much disrespect it is to doink someone, to like doink them in their face like that? <laughs> like, that's what he did to Dwight Howard. That's so disrespectful. That's a, that's a, I was bored in the, the 70s type move. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, like uh, a hockey player like like humoring another hockey player with like one final fight like Dwight <laughs> Howard guy who's been going up against Haslam like alright dude I'll let you get kicked out like let's get into a fight like point me in the head now Dwight Howard has a city yeah, game yeah cause he got, yeah. he got suspended that's so you think that yeah. was it like you think Udonis said like if I go in I, I need some kind of standing ovation farewell something I'm just gonna pick a fight 100% I'm just gonna pick a fight hey, you, wanna, you wanna fight with me yeah. <laughs> 100% <laughs> Yes, Udonis. <laughs> All right, let's get a number one. The number of games the Blazers need to win to prevent, it says, this guy from losing his house. Oh, oh, that's right. We talked about this off script. A, what, what is this? A, a guy who put up an insane amount of money for the Blazers to make the playoffs or to get 42 wins, right? And they're sitting at 41. 42 wins, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have one more game left to get to those 42. They're going up against the Nuggets. And, um, yeah, it's a guy who earlier in the year tweeted at Damian Lillard uh saying like hey huge fan uh if you guys don't make 42 game uh, win 42 games i'm going to lose my house but uh huge fan whether i'm homeless or in a mansion so damian lillard responded and now they need this last game say huge this is like imagine you have your life on the line here you got your house on the line and you're watching this nuggets denver game and you got fat ass nikola Jokic fucking taking your house oh from my you God. down the stretch brutal this, brutal, this brutal. is some some uncut gems type stuff really going on here <laughs> <laughs> in, really real, is. In, in real life that's nuts all right we're almost out of time for this episode of straight facts but we can always get some shots about the buzzer who got a shot up to get at the buzzer real quick uh, uh go ahead, got Kyle. To. i have nothing so i just i got my first shot today 
Um, How you feel? Four more weeks, I'll be vaccinated. Uh, my arm hurts, but you know, no pretty normal. What team? What um, team you won? We're team Moderna. Yeah, team Moderna over here. Team Moderna. But yeah, that's all I got to say. I'll be vaccinated in four weeks. Excited for the summer. I've been playing basketball a lot recently, so just ready to get at it. And I'm done with school, so nice. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we um, we told Kyle this is all downhill from here, man. When he told <laughs> us he's he's graduating, congratulations. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, uh, fun stops now. Let me tell you what. Frank Thomas in MLB The Show. I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show. The God level. Frank Thomas might be the most powerful creature ever created in video games. <laughs> he looked like Hulk in the batter's box. That, uh, is it like, that 88 overall 42 one? Yeah, he's got like 95 power, 95 contact against yeah. either hand. But when he hits a ball, it's just like, maybe it's just because he's so big. But like, it just feels like I'm hitting it to the moon whenever I hit it with Frank Thomas. That's what Stanton feels like, too. Yeah. You play with the Stanton. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really asleep. I really got to buy the show. I just. It's fun, man. Bro, I get $60 for a video game, man. And then all you got all the bells and whistles with it. You're putting the game pass thing we were telling you about. Yeah, but I'm not trying. That's true. That's true. You pay a dollar for three months. Because I probably won't play it after a couple, to be honest. That's the thing. Like, you might not play it after three months. You just get to play it for free. free, And you get other games on the game pass, too. It's a good deal for the Yeah, you actually get any game on the game pass right, right, right. Oh, which is like 100 games we're not getting a check from ea we're not we're not selling it here. okay oh, i hate the game pass <laughs> no, that's microsoft Fuck game pass. yeah microsoft whatever whoever it is they pay us um no all, all i gotta say at the buzzer is hella music dropped last night and yes, sir. It, was a, it was a great night for music but in particular you had j cole dropping his heavily anticipated uh album the off season and then Nicki Minaj came with it with a care package type of mixtape where she brought back a lot of old songs that were dominant in the rap game we all forgot about, like Itty Bitty Piggy and, and stuff like that. And then and then teamed up with Drake and Wayne for a song at the top of the album. So I was just elated when I woke up this morning at the great music. And it, and it made me feel really good that my era, our era of rap music is still like so relevant and still so dominant. Like... You hear that, you know, yeah, the, it really was a day for that. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you hear all the, the, the new cats in the game and a lot of them are, I don't handle all of them. Like a lot of them are good. Little baby push. I see like, I listen, little dark. I listen to all these guys, Polo G, but then you hear J Cole and then a vintage, you know, Wayne, Nikki and Drake song. And then you, it, it hits different. It feels different. You're like, yeah, this era of rap won't be repeated again. and won't be replicated like this. This we're such a goat era of rap. Um, that's how I was feeling. Felt like I was in 2010 all over again. About to text the high school shorty, see what she was doing after school. Like it was, it, it was, it was all of that, all of that and more. But that's all we got, all the time we got for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Shout out to Stat Matt Robinson, not here with us, but he'll be with us ne- next week. For my guys, Kyle Sirik and Jake Galley, I'm James Jackson. It's been the facts. Straight up.